through 6. So let, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. I know that all of us want to become mature in our understanding of who God is, who Christ is. And so surely we don't need to start again from the fundamental importance of. Now, who remembers, if you were here the last three weeks, this is week number three, the last two weeks, who remembers the first thing that we need to know, the basics about Christ? The first things that we need to do is right there in the verse. We're in verse number one of Hebrews chapter six. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds. Who remembers what repent means? To ask for forgiveness. What else does repent mean? What does repent mean? To turn away from sin. To turn away the exact opposite direction from sin. The exact opposite direction. The Bible says that whatever is not done in faith is sin. So if it is not done because you have faith in God, turn the other way. So uh, unwholesome talk, making fun of your friend, bullying them, making them feel horrible horrible about themselves, talking back to your parents, talking back to your teachers, not submitting to authority, um, drinking, getting high, doing drugs, going to that party, sexual immorality, anything that is sexual outside of marriage between a man and a woman, come on everybody, those types of things are evil deeds that if you want to have a relationship with God, number 101, the two plus two of a relationship with God is repent, everybody say repent. You turn away from your evil deeds, you go in the opposite direction. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say, you know what, I want you to cry at an altar and make a good show for everybody, but then you could go back and do whatever you want. He said, repent. Everybody say, repent. Repent from the evil deeds. Number two was put your faith in God. How are we saved? How are we forgiven of our sins? Does anybody know? Say it again. Knowing that Jesus died on the cross for us, is it because of our good works that we can be forgiven of, of our sins? Can we be forgiven of our sins because we're so good? No. How, how are we forgiven of our sins? The blood of Jesus. By putting our faith in God. That's number two of the basics about Jesus. Number three was what? What was last week? What did we talk about? Say it again. Baptisms. What were the two baptisms? In water and fire. So we, once we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you get baptized, baptized in water. I know this is a lot of information, guys, but we're, this is a summary, okay? We're going to get to tonight's topic. So you get baptized at, in water as a symbolism that you're dead to the old life. You get, like, dunked in a bathtub, okay? You're dead to the old life, and you come back to life just like Jesus raised from the dead, okay? You also get baptized in fire, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. And several of the kids who were here last week got filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? These are the basics. You don't have to be spiritually elite to be touched by the power of God. 
You don't have to feel like I'm special and I've been a Christian for 57 years and I've been sitting in the same pew for 83 years. My dad built this pew. You don't even have to know what church is like. Even if this is your very first day, God can touch your life and transform you. It's not about your good works, it's about putting your faith in God. Number four, what we learned last week, the laying on of hands. We laid hands on Jonah. The Bible says if you lay hands on people, the sick, they will recover. And God demonstrated his power last week by healing somebody of a concussion. Isn't that incredible? Say the Bible is real. Say God is real. He's not just real for Jonah. He's real for you. Amen? All right, the last two. Let me read the Bible verses. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds, putting our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, and here are our final two in our series. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Everybody say the resurrection of the dead. Do you know that you are a spiritual being? You are spiritual. Whether you... Whether you, some people say like, oh, they're so spiritual. Uh, guess what? We are all spiritual. Whether you go to church or whether you don't go to church, you are actually a spirit. Everybody say, I'm a spirit. You are a spirit and you have a body. So your body is not necessarily you. It's your tent. The Bible says it's your temple. So you live in your body, but your body is not just you. Your spirit is you. Okay, does that make sense? Or is it like really confusing? If you're confused, you can lift your hand. I can explain it a little bit more. So your spirit is living in your... Karina's explaining it. Karina's like, listen, your body's the house. And you live in your body. So you're like, your spirit is like in the house. Okay, get it? You got it? Karina's explaining it up here. So your spirit is you. And your spirit is eternal. Your spirit is eternal. Do you know how? Because God breathed the breath of life into you. So no matter what, your spirit will either live forever in heaven or it's going to die forever in hell. There is a resurrection of the dead. The Bible says that all our bodies will be raised from the dead if we've died or when Christ comes back, we'll be raised to him. So we're going to turn to John chapter 5. That's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice. This is Jesus talking. The voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. Isn't that what we talked about earlier? That if you want to be spiritually sharp, you have to listen. If, you're, if you don't listen, you will be spiritually dull. So those who listen will live. Verse 26. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming. Listen to this. When all the dead, everybody say all. All the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. 
Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Everybody will be raised from the dead. Everybody who has ever existed here on this earth, their bodies will be raised from the dead. Some of us will be raised to life, and some of us will be raised to eternal judgment. Now, I don't want to scare you, because there's a way that you can decide whether you go to heaven or hell. You actually have a choice in the matter. It's not like uh, God is up in heaven going, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a t-. That's not how God works. He outlined in the Bible how it is that we can get to heaven. There is a way to be raised from the dead to life. It says, some will be raised from the dead and go to life, and some will be raised from the dead to eternal judgment. Um, You are an eternal being, and no one will just cease to exist. We don't just go back to the dust. It's very hard for me to pay attention when you're humming. I'm so sorry. Um, Or singing. He's still in karaoke. Uh, So there will be those... uh, Sorry, again, I got sidetracked. No one will just cease to exist. That's where I was. You don't just die and go to the dust, and that's it. Your spirit lives on, okay? So you have to know that you are a spiritual being and you are eternal. Turn to chapter, uh, Daniel chapter 2, sorry, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Everybody say resurrection of the dead. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Again, this is showing us that everybody, everybody that has ever, ever died will be raised from the dead. Some will go to everlasting life, some to everlasting disgrace. Now, finally, in our series, the sixth basic teaching about Christ is eternal judgment. Everybody say eternal judgment. Okay, that sounds like a very light Wednesday night topic, doesn't it? Eternal judgment. Let's just talk about eternal judgment tonight. But we have to keep in mind, this is a basic teaching. Do you know why it's a basic teaching? Because we have to live knowing that one day we will die and we will face God. The Bible says that man is appointed once to die, and then after that, face judgment. So I've always said to the youth group um, that you don't actually get to pick, well, I'm just not going to go to judgment day. I don't believe in that stuff, so I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to go. No, you you are going to be there. Every single one of us is going to stand before God on judgment day, And we will give an account for our life. There is eternal judgment. And what what decides whether we go to heaven or hell is so very simple. If you have that question, please don't feel bad about yourself. Because even the disciples of Jesus, like the people who really knew about Jesus, the people who had the in, like they they were tight with Jesus, they went to Jesus and said, Master, 
what are the works that I have to do to get to heaven? Have any of you ever wondered that before? What do I have to do to earn my spot to get to heaven? Because, like, I don't want to go to hell. I've heard it's a bad place. Um, so what are the works that I have to do? The disciples of Jesus, they were tight with Jesus. They had the same exact question. And do you know what Jesus answered them? He said, the works that you must do is believe. I know it sounds so simple, but that's the grace of God. That is the goodness of God. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to be perfect. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. So there is, there is a level field at the cross because all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Um, all of us deserve death, hell, judgment, the grave. The Bible says that hell will be a place where there is going to be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. It says in the Bible that it will be a place where their worm never dies. Now I'm going to give you a quick um, understanding of what the word hell meant in Jesus' time and the several descriptions that he gave. Um, we know that heaven is eternal life, that we get to spend forever with God, that it is glorious, that the angels never, never stop crying, holy, holy, holy. I heard uh, one preacher say the reason why they never stop singing holy, holy, holy is because it's almost like there's a new level of the holiness of God. Every single time they, they're like, oh man, you're so holy. Then all of a sudden they're like, wow, you're really holy. And then it's like, oh wow, you're really holy. Think about Christmas when you get a gift and like it was the gift that you really wanted and you open it and you're like, that's what I wanted. But then you also get the gift that you, that you wanted but you never expected because you don't deserve it. Like, we all know, you don't deserve it. But you got that gift that you wanted but you knew you weren't gonna get because you don't deserve it, but you got it. And then you're like, wow, that's really awesome. That's what the angels, they're going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They never stop singing holy. We will have pleasures forevermore with God our Father. Think of your best day here on the earth. It is so exponentially better. You cannot even ask, think, or imagine all of the better that heaven is. But I want to give you a view of hell because how many of you guys know in our culture of today, nobody does anything wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's whatever you think, whatever you feel. That's what the world is teaching you. I'm here to tell you that there is a standard still. God's standard, the word of God, is still the holy standard that we have to live up to. And you can't live up to it on your own. You have to receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus Christ and walk it out through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There is still a hell. People don't want to say that nowadays. There's so many Christians that deny that hell even exists. They think it's some kind of literary place. Uh, Jesus was just like, it was symbolism. No, hell is a real place. And if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the sins uh, that, are, that you've committed, they're still on your head. So let me read this to you. Jerusalem's ancient garbage dump called Gehenna. Can everybody say Gehenna? Have you ever passed a trash dump? Have you ever passed garbage that's been sitting outside on a hot day? 
like piles of garbage. Some of that, that's what your bedroom is like right now. Clean your rooms. Okay, anyway. This dump was on the south side of Jerusalem. Okay, they said south side and they got me there. I was like, okay, this has got to be bad. Okay, never mind. Okay, you guys, it's not funny to you guys. Never mind. In the Old Testament times, children had been sacrificed to idols there. So they were killing their children there. This was an evil place. It was disgusting. It was a garbage dump and they were killing their kids. Everybody say evil. In Jesus' day, it was a place with burning, burning with constant fires to try to consume the waste that was thrown there. The material burned there included everything from household trash to animal carcasses to convicted criminals. Needless to say, the Jews considered Gehenna a cursed place of impurity and uncleanness. The word translated hell is the Greek word for Gehenna, which comes from the Hebrew name for a place called the Valley of Hinnom. Jesus uses this place to paint a vivid image of what hell is like. Now, we don't have Gehenna, but I don't know if any of you have seen maybe pictures of the gas chambers during the Holocaust when they were killing the Jews and there were just piles and piles of dead bodies swarming with flies and maggots. Um, death has a different kind of smell. I know because I have dead mice in my walls, but moving right along. Uh, like 15 of them I pulled out the one time. I know it's disgusting. But they have, it, death has a different kind of smell. If you've been around a dead body of any kind, I, please don't tell me if you have, because um, it's under the blood if you've been redeemed for a long time. But death has a different kind of smell. There's, there's worms, maggots. The Bible says in hell their worm will never die. It's like this constant, it's not necessarily a real worm. It's just this constant nagging that you knew the truth and you didn't make the choice to decide to follow Jesus. The Bible says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, that their worm will never die, that it's a fire that is never quenched. And think of this, you are a spiritual being. So this is not just a one moment and you're done. This is forever torment. Forever. And I, listen, you get to decide. That's what Jesus said. He said, I want you to count the cost. I want you to make an educated decision as to whether or not it's worth it for you to receive the life of Jesus and really live this abundant life Ask him for forgiveness of sins, believe that he died for you, and live this abundant life and go to heaven. Or, if you want to live your own way and go to hell, you get to make this spiritual decision. The Bible says, I give you today the choice between life and death. Oh, that you would choose life. He says, I want you to choose life, but it's your decision. Everybody say, it's my decision. You get to choose. You get to choose whether you want to live um, with the blessing of God on your life, whether you want his companionship, whether you want his friendship, 
or whether you want to live your own way. You get to decide. But the Bible says that we have to deny ourselves. If we want this everlasting life, we have to de deny ourselves. We have to put ourselves at the feet of Jesus. We have to confess that he is Lord in public. And we have to make a commitment to follow him. And he'll make our path straight. He'll do something for us that no one else can do for us. The Bible says that you were bought at a high price. The Bible says, today if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. I want everybody to stand to your feet quickly. Nobody moving around, nobody talking to your neighbor. This is an important time. It would, it would be foolish of me to tell you the basics about Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, and not give you an opportunity to make a decision on whether or not you want to follow him. Listen, you can say yes to him today, or you could say no to him today. But nobody gets to say maybe. And nobody says, I'll wait till later. Because if you say maybe, or I'll wait till later, or I don't want to make a decision right now, it's automatically defaulted to a no. I don't want to follow Jesus. And, and Jesus makes it very clear. It is your decision. You get to choose. Nobody is forcing you to. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And he has given you an opportunity because he loved you so much. The Bible says that God sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He loved us so much that he sent his son. And he didn't just die for you. He lived in your place. He lived a perfect life to credit his life to you so that you could say, I lived a perfect life. Not because you actually did, but because he actually replaced his life with your life. He takes our filthy rags and he gives us his robe of righteousness. Isn't that incredible? And not only that, he doesn't just say, okay, now you're saved, you're on your own. No. The Bible says that Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So if you struggle with sickness in your body, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with fear, if you struggle with insecurity, if you feel like you're weak, or maybe you have uh, issues at school, you have issues in your home, you feel like you're stupid, I don't care what it is. The reason why Jesus came wasn't just to give you eternal life that starts when you die. Your eternal life starts now, amen? I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. I pray that I've, I've given you an adequate representation of what the Word of God says and why Jesus came for us. I pray that I gave you an adequate representation of the good news of Jesus Christ. Just uh, hold on one, one moment and close your eyes and bow your heads. Holy Spirit, I ask you now that you would bring conviction to every heart that's not right with you. My words can only do so much from my mouth, but I know that your word pierces like a spear to people's hearts, the innermost parts of their hearts. Holy Spirit, go where no man can go and touch the hearts of everyone who's here tonight. 
I asked you, God, that you would help them to make the right decision, that they wouldn't care about the person standing to the right or to the left of them, but they would decide tonight whether or not they're going to choose to serve you and know what decision they're making and the outcome that it means in Jesus' name. With your eyes still closed, if you're here tonight and you would say, I understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. I understand that Jesus died for me. I understand that he took away my sin by dying on the cross. He shed his blood so that I could be forgiven of my sins. I understand it. If you would say, I understand that I have to make a decision on whether or not I'm going to follow him, whether or not I'm going to confess him as my Lord, whether or not I'm going to deny myself. If you would say, I understand that I have sinned against God, that I have not followed him the way that I should, that my relationship with him is severed because of my sin. And if you would say, I want to be made right with him tonight, and receive him as my Lord and Savior and follow him. I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. You would say, I know I've sinned against... There's lots of hands, so don't be shy. I know I've sinned against God, and I know I need to be made right tonight, and I want to receive him as my Savior. Lots of hands going up. Anybody else that you would say, that is me. I know I need to be forgiven. I know I've sinned, and I want to be forgiven. I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. Anybody else? You would say, I know I've sinned against God. I need to be made right with him tonight. I want to receive Jesus. Those of you who have your hands raised, I don't want you to wait another minute. I want you to come forward. Everybody, come on. Those of you with the most courage, come, come forward first. There's many of you. Come stand right here. Anybody else, come on forward. Those of you who have your hands raised, come on up. Everybody, come on and stand shoulder to shoulder. You would say, I know I've sinned against God. I need to get my heart right. Come on, somebody clap to the Lord. You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way.